Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love. Brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast. Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of IVFC Extra. I'm James Rushton and today I'm here to talk about Jack Grealish. No, not a speculation about a move to Manchester City, but we wanted to speak today about Jack Grealish's role in the England squad. I met up with Pat from PGR Analytics to actually confront a few false narratives about Grealish, his apparent lack of defending and his uh, lazy pressing. So now we want to speak about the big issue, not his whatever move to Manchester City that probably won't happen or the new contract at Villa that is definitely going to happen. I wanted to speak about the important things, Euro 2020, and get that out of the way. Hope you enjoyed the chat, actually. It's really interesting and it's good to kind of speak about something that's not totally, totally transfers. So, yeah, enjoy it and I will catch you soon, uh, hopefully reviewing Jack Grealish's new Villa contract. Better stick my neck on, on the line and say that. But, yeah, enjoy the chat. Cheers. So, Pat, how are you doing, mate? How are you getting on? Yeah. New, uh, Grealish news is a bit of a shock, but other than that, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, doing well. Yourself? <laughs> yeah, as I know, um, you've been c- causing quite a stir on Twitter lately, yeah. mate. But this is actually—is this your first like podcast appearance ever? No, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, first podcast appearance, yeah, debut. Ah, oh, so we haven't been uh, making good use of you then uh, across the Villa community because yeah, you've been making some some magic lately, haven't you? You've uh, made a name for yourself. I mean, you, we we, we yeah. talked throughout the season, but you you recently kind of made a name for yourself for being the uh, the number one Jack Grealish uh, yeah, the, uh, kind of propaganda. Yeah, the Grealish propaganda, PGR propaganda, my mates call it. So <laughs> initially, Villa fans straight away fell in love with Grealish, the way he plays and everything. And then there was always like, I'd tweet a Grealish thing in the on the prem season and you'd get other fan bases saying like, ah, oh, he's no good, he's not as good as Mount, he's not as good as Madison, all this. But then there was a bit of a changeover when I started tweeting about it once he got announced for the squad and he got the number seven type thing. And I just thought, I felt like the nation were kind of getting on board with it more. And then in the, uh, well, I think he had 27 minutes against Scotland. I think everyone saw it. And the, uh, did you hear the crowd when he started warming up and stuff? Yeah, man. So you know, it's Grealish season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's one of them. I, f- I felt like he's kind of the cult hero for the, the England team this time. So I thought I'd just roll with it. And then it's not even like I'm pushing an agenda type thing. The, the stats are pretty much, I'm just presenting it, but the stats are there to back up what? Villa fans have been saying for like quite a while now, I think. I know Jaguars has hit like a, a, a high platform recently, but a lot of Villa fans, well, not, not a lot, but a few Villa fans, I remember today, I was going through some old tweets and I was, I was seeing people saying uh, on the old lineups we used to put out uh, in yeah. the championship days, like people saying Andre Green should have been starting ahead of him. And yeah. there, was a, there was a very real offer from Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah. A few years ago in the Steve Bruce days, and people say, "Oh, snap their hand off, man! Get him, get rid of him!" And it, it's hard oh, to it's believe silly. that has turned into yeah. this, mate. Where you know we're talking about 
a really, really good player, if not one of the, you know, someone who's making a name for himself among the the world's best. Did you ever kind of see this actually happening? Did you believe in him? I'm going to be honest. No, I I believed in him. I always knew he was going to be a good player, but I didn't see the levels that he's got to now. So I think he's got the most carries into the penalty area out of Europe's top five leagues. He's missed 12 games this season, I think. And he's third in shot creating actions behind Mount and Bruno, I think. I don't think anyone could predict the level he's got to, but I kind of always knew that he'd be good type thing. Like I remember playing with him on FIFA. I think on FIFA he had he didn't have his picture for a while. He had some other face on FIFA or something like an old man. And I was like, I start agree with this. And then I think did I, I don't know if this, if he was even in this team, but I was didn't the youth team win some sort of European Cup or something. Yeah, there's a tournament a few years ago. I was just watching that, and he always looked good. And me and my friends, like when he was wearing the number forty, we'd like talk about him and stuff. But and then he scored that goal against Rotherham, the one in front of the hole, and just stuff like that. I did, I couldn't, I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. To be honest. What have you made of his performances in an England shirt so far? Then, um, like a lot of people thought he may have missed the boat. For the England call up because it came quite late. I mean, yeah. he was pushing like 25 odd yeah. by the time he got the call up. And we all thought, yeah. get in the Premier League, he gets the call up. But I saw you put out a post every match he's had, it's either been an assist, yeah. Yeah. a goal creating action, or yeah. man of the match. In terms of the performance, I've had work a few times, I haven't been able to watch the actual games as such. Like some of them, like the, I think I missed a few of the two ones that were like Austria and Romania. But I heard he played well, won a pen, that type of thing. But the ones I've watched recently, I remember watching that Scotland game and I, when he came on, it was the most excited I was in the entire game, apart from the Stones header and stuff. But I just think he brings that bit of excitement, like the run. I, fair enough, he dished it off to, uh, I think, no, he dished off to the subs, didn't he? And he got some stick for that. But, where you know, you need Matt Target there. Over, like, Matt Target would be there and he's used to that. But it's one of those, he's, he's, he excites, he's the most exciting part of this England, England team, I think. And he proved it in the 27 minutes and he proved it against Czech Republic. 12 minutes, I think, got an assist. But yeah, I think his best, one of the best performances I watched was the the Iceland game, I think. Or there was a game where him and Mount were linking up on the left side yeah. and then he links up with Saka as well. And it's just, I just think if Southgate put the team out that everyone wanted, which is like, I'd, I'd, I'd have a 4-3-3. Mount is like a centre mid-roll, Grealish on the left. And then just go with it from there. And I just think that that'd be electric. I can't disagree. As long as Grealish is in there for me, he's such yeah. a dynamic player, man, as we as we've seen. Um, but I, I wanted to just talk about kind of the narrative surrounding Grealish because this is actually a point where you really you yeah. really stand out on Twitter because a lot yeah. a lot more people are speaking about Jack Grealish, so there's a lot more opinions. Everyone is absolutely entitled to their opinion. But you're bringing the facts, mate. <laughs> so when someone yeah. says something that, that Villa fans take umbrage with, we do it with yeah. a lot. You know, we're yeah, always kind of mouth yeah. enough, but you are, you are there. So, what type of player mm. is Jack Grealish in your eyes versus the type of player some pundits you disagree with think he is? Yeah, I think most pundits they can see how effortlessly he goes forward. Like, I think my uncle always said, like the and my dad said, uh, the good players like make it look easy. So like, my uncle yeah. watched George Best, and like they've both watched Gaza. And it's like, they just make going forward look easy. They make everything go, look easy. And I think that's what Grealish does when he goes forward. Like, picks up in tight spaces, drives forward, draws three players in effortlessly, cross for the goal. It's that type of thing. But um, I, when that, um, I don't know who the reporter was, 
but it was it was the one that said basically that Grealish can't defend or he's a, he can't be trusted on defence. I got tagged in that by about, I'd say, 10 people or something. I went, okay, I paused whatever I was doing. And I just went, okay, I'll just, there's going to be something that backs us up. I know there is. And he's not he's not lazy at all on the, like defending. He doesn't lead Villa in pressures or anything. He doesn't, but I don't think any Villa fan would say he's a liability on the fence. And when he was gone, I think we suffered defensively. And then in the um, Czech Republic game, he had 16 pressures in the game. And him and Sterling both got subbed off at the 67th minute, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think Sterling had seven. And in that report, the reporter wrote, he, there was a quote and it was, um, Sterling was much more uh, like inclined or happy to do the defensive work. And then I like get a measurement out, a metric that is literally defensive effort. And he's doubled Sterling, more than doubled it. And if you adjusted it for the full 90, uh, I think he would have led the team with Kane. So 22 pressures, he would have led the team. Sterling in 254, no, 45 minutes, two tackles, two blocks, 31 pressures, zero clearances, one interception. Grealish in 95 minutes, one tackle, one block, 21 pressures, one clearance, and two interceptions. So more interceptions, more clearances, more pressures per 90, one block, one tackle. He's not a liability at all. And the assist should be enough to get him into the team if you're going to keep Sterling in because of the goals type of thing. So I don't, I wouldn't say he's a liability at all. It's, it's such an odd conversation. And I was listening to something yesterday. And it's completely unrelated. But what you said about the kind of language style, almost like making it look easy. That's what yeah. genius is. It, it makes things look yeah. easy. Because um, I remember there being a, a video in college of uh, the drummer of The Who, Keith Moon. And he's like one of the yeah. all-time greats. Um, and people say, oh, I can do that. And it's just because he's so good. He's making a really complex yeah. thing look so, so easy. And that's where we get, oh, he's, he's you know, not lazy, but he's, he's not putting the effort in. He is. It's like the pace conversation. Jack Grealish is a pretty rapid player when he wants to be. You, you know that. I, I, I put that tweet up uh, yesterday, I think. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. About the, uh, yeah and it's, 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 it's obviously right in the top but, corner, isn't it? Yeah. And then you've got Trezeguet and El Ghazi around there as well. So I, think, I don't know what we're, uh, we're rapid. I don't know what everyone's on about. <laughs> yeah, so like, you've got this thing where... I think people say, look at him moving and the way he kind of controls the ball, the the way it's almost like a uh, like he's lounging around with it, but it's actually mm. like a really complex thing he's doing. And I think people see that and go, oh, he's not going to defend. He's a luxury player. I'm not yeah. buying that he's a luxury player because he does a he's lot. Really not. Man. Hopefully, I've got a report coming out in um, over today. It's, it's a bit of a span in the works with the Grealish news. I'm not sure if people want to read it at the minute, but I had a I've got a report hopefully coming out about the. Um, his defensive effort and everything. But it's all under full display there. Stats there to back it up. And then everyone knows what attacking like prowess he's got. There was another discussion, Pat, and this was predating the, the defensive one. It was the uh, discussion that he wasn't involved in the England pressing as much as Southgate would like. You brought up mm-hmm. the pressing stat with Sterling. That's full. That that seems false on the outside anyway. Can you it tell is, us a little, yeah, yeah. little bit more? This was when um, I think it was Gareth Southgate came out and said he wants to said he wants him more, uh, like a better off the ball work rate. You've got Raheem Sterling. This was in the Premier League season last year. 
Uh, Raheem Sterling averages 10 pressures with a 28% success rate. Phil Foden averages 17 with a 28.7% success rate. Rashford averages 10 with a 10% success rate. Grealish averages 13 pressures at a 31.6% success rate. So he's more than Sterling and Rashford. And I think maybe Sancho, I, I didn't have enough space on the tweet to do Sancho. And he has a, the highest success rate out of all of them. So apart from Phil Foden, who has more each game, Grealish is, if he's not only not a liability, he's probably the most effective out of all the attacking options at applying this press that Southgate-like values so highly. I think people look at defence and it's like you want your winger to be an elite attacker. You also want yeah. him to be an elite defender. But I think this elite defending wingers, like you ain't going to be... The Jack Grealish, are you going to be someone who's moving, yeah. you know, Watford for four million and not having any attacking yeah. output, but all yeah. all the defensive output instead? Um, what I was going to say though is it, it is a strange conversation about uh, about Jack Grealish in general, but to find a weakness in a player, is there a weakness actually that you found about Jack Grealish at all? Is there one that kind of is there? Are people looking in the wrong direction and going for these weird criticisms instead of looking at an actual mm. thing? To be honest, I have tried to find like when I I tried to find like a statistical weakness, and I, like in terms of the way he plays, like ball progression, production, pass accuracy, everything, you he's doing everything you could ask of him. To be honest, and then the defensive effort across um, the English attackers, he's doing the if not more than most of them. But the only thing I'd say is he, I think he addressed it in that ITV interview he did. Yeah, during the West Ham game at home, it was yeah. it was he was getting man marked by Kufal and Suchek, I think, or Kufal and someone. And he said himself, he doesn't want to swap the wing because he wants to kind of beat that man. And like he's obsessed with winning, but he's also obsessed with all the little battles type of thing. And I think it could be a positive, but then, well, I don't know when Ollie Watkins scored, but it was quite late on, and he gave us a little bit of hope. But he swapped over to the right and then got an assist immediately. If you do that on thirty minutes. Villa, you know, could have got something from the game. Not too much of a big deal, but I don't know. The only weakness I could think of, to be honest. I'd rather that be his weakness, you know, the stubbornness yeah. than yeah. the perceived weakness. Yeah, or the, even the perceived weakness of not defending, not the, the imaginary one. Yeah. Um, but it also brings up a conversation about kind of the perception of defending because a lot of people think, oh, it's just tackles. And I'm, I'm sure mm. if you go back, you can see like Josh Onoma led Villa in like tackles yeah. or whatever. So it's a, it's yeah. a weird stat and it's itself and one we can kind of like cherry pick to suit an agenda. But if you're talking about defending, my in- interpretation of it is the best defending is having the ball at your feet and holding onto it yeah. so that the other team can't yeah. get it. That would make someone like Jack really shoot where the ball is like glued to his foot, almost like the perfect yeah. defensive player yeah, the perfect. Right, in terms of yeah. possession. Yeah, if he's got it and you can't knock him off the ball, it's not exactly like you need to defend much, is it? No, like which is what, which is why I think he needs to start against Germany because I'm hearing rumours of the five at the back, and I'm just thinking if you've got five at the back and then you've got two CDMs, that's more than half of your team, and then you're just going to have the isolated forwards. And I just think if you're break, you need to break at pace. Do you remember the um, the goal against Arsenal? Yeah, Martin of course. Throws it out, and then within seconds he's budged uh, one of the fastest players in the Premier League in Hector Bellerin off the ball sent him sideways, produced at the end of it as well. It's not just like he runs down the wing. Like My dad used to have a, he used to just say like, a lot of wingers just like have no end product, like the cross or something, can't get yeah. past the first man. Yeah. 
with Grealish, apart from when he is taking corners, I don't think he's the best at corners. But on the ball, like in motion, I, I just have full faith in him every single time he's on the ball to produce something. And he showed that within 12 minutes. And it's just like, I think like he needs to play against Germany if we need, if we have any chance, to be honest. It's a frustrating conversation as much as it's odd. And I know I've said it's an odd conversation a lot because it is so odd. It's like people, you're absolutely entitled to have, you know, opinions about Sancho, Sterling, Greece, mm. essentially all competing for the, the same position. There's always going to be opinions floating about it, but it feels like there has to be a crowbar of a criticism. You know, you have to really force yeah. it in there about Grealish because at the moment, the form he's in and the form he's been in, even like a six out of 10 game for Villa in England yeah. is still a really, really impressive performance. And the way he's been playing the entire season, he's really up there in terms of chance creators. And you're talking yeah. about people doubt that he's elite because he yeah. hasn't got the goals and assists. But in terms of the chances he's making in a bang average Premier League team, you know, no offense yeah. to the team I love and support and yeah. seeing you report on as well. Yeah. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, bang average. And he's performing at an elite level. For them, yeah. he's performing. Yeah, he's heads and shoulders above it, isn't he? Yeah, and it's, so it is a it is annoying to see. Oh, he can't defend. Oh, he's he's this, he's that. When he's doing everything right, and the question that I want to bring up next is, will he ever be the main man for England? Because people don't think he deserves to be because he plays for Villa. I feel, and they make up these criticisms or they have these opinions that don't really think him out fully. Bring them up, mm. and then there's just these stats and we can just it's not even cherry picking they're right there in front of you it's such low hanging yeah. fruit you can yeah. just get the pressing start the tackling start the dispossession yeah. clearances and, and present them so it feels for me this is a guy we should be speaking about and Raheem Sterling and Jaden Sancho as well this is you know England yeah. are blessed with talent there but for Grealish he has got to be the main man for me mate what about you for me it's like you're here so for that season I I think I've had the conversation quite a few times and like you get the odd Blues fans, get all these different fans saying he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be like throughout the season. But I feel like in recent weeks with all the work I've been doing on it, I'm getting a lot more like fan bases, obviously not the Welsh and the Scottish because sometimes they get a hold of it. I think I did a, he's the most fouled player within uh, 27 minutes of play for England and then they all get a hold of it. They'll go, oh, that'll win you a tournament. But... Um, I was just, I don't get as much stick about it anymore. I get more, a lot more support nationwide about it, about people going, yeah, Southgate does need to build around him. I think Harry Redknapp said it, like Jack Wilshere was saying, you either need Floden or Grealish. And then it's just like, I'm not getting as much stick. People are agreeing with it. But the reasons people find to not say it aren't even real. So the defending, I don't even know. I can't even think of another excuse. I feel like the defending one is just the ones they're using at the minute and it's not even true. So I'm not really sure why. So if I turn to the question, do I think he ever will be? I'm not sure it would happen in Gareth Southgate's system because he seems so hell-bent on just avoiding it, to be honest. Like, even when, like, even the substitution six, seven minutes after in the Czech game, it just felt like there's something about it. Something doesn't feel right. It doesn't like the uh, reaction he got when he took off Sterling or took off I don't know who else he took off, but the way they shook hands, it just doesn't look as, well, the chemistry isn't there. Something's wrong there for me. But while Southgate's being the manager, I can't see Grealish being built around in that team, along with like the likes of Kane. Like He said Kane's undroppable. I assume Raheem Sterling's undroppable. Phillips at the minute looks undroppable, but I just can't see him making Grealish undroppable, sadly. But I think that the entire country knows it needs to happen. I wanted to go off script, actually, and ask you... Because my mind, when when I watch England, I just 
have no it's just vibes for me i don't care i i only care when when Grealish is really on apart from that i'm backing everyone whatever don't have a yeah. tactical analysis of it i wanted to know from you who where is Grealish's best position in england because for villa he's played as a essentially a defensive midfielder some some yeah. matches others he's been an eight yeah. ten left wing yeah. sometimes up front on his on his one so yeah. for england where, where's his best position uh, he's never going to get the freedom he gets at villa i think when he came back from injury this season he was we played him as the 10, but he just naturally drifted out to that left side and like overloaded that left side mm. of target and whatever wing. I think it was El Ghazi or something. And I really enjoy watching him like size up his man on the left side, dip shoulder, go either around the outside, inside, in swinging ball, out swinging ball, whatever. I feel like when he's in those positions, that's his best. He can drive into the box, cause problems, draw players in. For me, when I've seen him on the right, although he got an assist against West Ham, I just I feel like he's a bit more he's a bit quieter when he's on the right. Like he just I don't know what it is. I don't know if the stats are there to back it up, but that's for me, that's what it is. But I'd have him on the left or give him the freight freedom as a number ten just to do what you want and go wherever you want. But I don't think I don't think Southgate's ever gonna give him the keys type thing. Like I think against Czech I did a I did another tweet that did quite well and it was he received 32 passes in that game. And then the only person who started the game who received less than that was Jordan Pickford. And it's like, if he's contributing in that way, in that with that service, what happens when you give him the keys? What happens if you run every single like, thing through Mark Villa do? Like, and with the quality of Kane, and Sterling does get into good scoring opportunities, so they can play together as like, the Czech game like, outlined. But he, uh, I just, I'd love if he just went for it against Germany and just gave him the keys and gave him the freedom to do it. It's just weird because it just seems that we've built this team and it is, it's kind of hard to, to watch with all the, the, the talent there. If it works, it works, whatever. Um, yeah. but we all want Grealish to be a part of it and a main part of it. And we can all see, it's almost like we can all see what could happen. But yeah. for whatever reason, whether it's against the philosophy of the team, whatever, it's not happening and we can but hope, you know, Germany's uh, a yeah. few days away now. We'll see what happens, but I don't think it's yeah. suddenly going to override what, what we've seen. It'll be a, another game of uh, attempting to control, control, yeah. control, yeah. control, I guess, mate. Um, so, yeah, we probably, I hope we see, I hope that the substitution was a, the Herald team starting, but mm. we've been here so many times before with Greenish, yeah, Southgate, yeah. England. So, you know, I don't I'd know. hate for it to be like a I didn't I was I was too young at the time, but I don't know what tournament it was, but my dad talks about when Skulls was playing left mid. And it's like it feels like England can never get the best out of their best players, like the type of thing. And it'd be a shame if Grealish was like the same narrative as that because growing up with seeing Gerard and Frank Lampard in the England teams, it was like, Oh, they're the main guys. But then I went to uni and had like a few United fans as mates. And they're saying Skulls is better than all of them. And like, unless you're a United fan, I wasn't really aware that like Skulls was on this level. I knew he was good. I didn't know he was in the conversation with these levels. But then you get pros saying it, saying he's the best like, player they've ever played with and stuff. And it's just to waste talent when you can't get the best out of them in a system is it's just disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's going to happen with national teams, but it, it's frustrating that Grealish is seemingly like the victim of it. Um, I yeah. think what we what I would say though is if you want to find a positive. You know, not not a few months ago, we were having the conversation. Will he even get picked for England? Yeah, that year? Yeah, yeah. Now we're having the conversation. Will he be the next poor Scholes? Which is yeah, yeah. sad, but it's like 
it's a better conversation yeah. than will it's, you ever get progress, yeah. <laughs> progress. <laughs> Bit of a difficult final question, mate. Um, we did plan mm-hmm. this episode last night, so before today, which is it's obvious why it's the elephant in the room. The question yeah. I was going to ask is what are you expecting from him next season in the Villa shirt? Um, but reports have emerged today that City, their interest has always been real. We know this, um, but they're actually making moves to get that move done. Villa, on the other hand, um, probably want to offer him a contract that's coming through from a, another source. Uh, mm-hmm. I know what I'm thinking. Um, the people that, I, that I'm close to, that I trust, are more yeah. leaning towards the contract thing than the City move. But look, things mm-hmm. happen, whatever happens, speculation is going to be there. The interest has always been real, as it has been for, since probably he was uh, first pitched in that uh, Villa Hummel shirt when he was about six, seven yeah. years old. Everyone's wanting a piece of a uh, piece of Grealish, mate. I just wanted your thoughts yeah. on the, um, firstly, the speculation, and secondly, if he is to say, which I think he is, what mm-hmm. will we see from him next season in a Villa shirt? In terms of the speculation, I woke up and I was I was had my mind fully on this podcast as well. So it came to a bit of a shock to me. So my group chats were going off, people were saying things, people were messaging me. I fell for it initially, just like a gut reaction. I was like, so I did a tweet, just putting his stats up as a career at Villa. So I apologise to the Villa public about that. I genuinely, after taking a few moments after this, I don't think he's going to go. I'm not sure where Perslow said it, but I've heard Perslow said something about him not being for sale or something. And to me, the just the recruitment this summer kind of screams that we're not spend because we don't spend any other club. I'd probably say, oh, they're spending some money from a sale. Villa aren't spending the money from a sale. They're just spending the money we have in the bank. Type thing. So I think Wendy is a. I don't think Wendy is signed if you tell him, you know, the best player, the man they rely on is leaving. I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's an addition, not a uh, replacement. I think they're going to get another big money signing in, and then, yeah, I just can't see him going. I've, and the the rate at which the new contract talks came about, to me, kind of scream like ambition, like no nonsense attitude towards the whole like rumor. It's actually like twenty minutes after I think it all came out. So for me, it's quite reassuring knowing we have the owners that we do to deal with this type of thing. So I'm, I have no doubt that City are interested because I don't blame them. I think every club in the world would be interested in City just one with the financial capability at the minute to do it. But I can't ever see him forcing a move either, to be honest. I don't think he'd ever do that. So yeah, my backing, yeah, I'm leaning towards him staying on a new contract. If you move to Man City, um, you get the best chance to win a lot of trophies, but you also become part of you know, the pep roulette and you get rotated and you don't know, you don't have a defined place in the squad. You, you definitely improve as a player, but what that, whatever that means for you, I don't know. Um, mm. But Jack Grealish, as, as much as it hurts for me to say, he's an, a Champions League player and he deserves to be yeah, leading, yeah. leading a Champions League team, not being in a rotation. Yeah. So I can only hope that that's Villa in a few years, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah same. We're, all, we're on the right trajectory and that's the other thing. I can't, it's such an. They must have pitched some sort of project to him. because it's, it's exciting for all the fans, but we only know like a sneak peek of it. We don't know what's going behind the scenes. So for him to sign the contract last year and then be shown what we can do in the season, like the seventy win against Liverpool, additional recruitment, Watkins next season is going to be. He's not even got a settling period now, so he's going to come mm-hmm. in firing straight away. Wendy has played in the Prem before. There'll be a few more signings. I think it's a very exciting project. I, mean, I can't see him leaving it, to be honest. 
what better way to end it there, mate, Danny? You <laughs> can't see Jack Grealish leaving after all the speculation today. So, um, yeah. Pat, thank you very much for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to kind of book you uh, for the, the Grealish PGR propaganda? Yeah, at PGR underscore analytics on Twitter. Perfect. Give yeah. me a bit of stick. <laughs> oh, hopefully support mate you come yeah, on and uh, yeah. made a good case in your first ever podcast again so yeah Good, I know, thank I you know, very much I've enjoyed I know, it I know how nervy you can people yeah. can get and uh, so, you know, you've carried yourself uh, perfectly mate so uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on yeah, um, but, but yeah uh, we'll be back in Grealish at Villa hopefully and uh, definitely yeah. the England shirt for the uh, next week so uh, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you later yeah. Thank you for listening to AVFC Extra, an additional dose of Aston Villa content for you, brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast team. If you enjoyed the episode, please do get in touch with us, get involved in the comment sections, tweet us at Claret Blue Pod, or leave us a review on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. We'll catch you again very soon with some more content. Until then, up the villa. Yeah.